This is Devin Driver with the Free Wizard Network. Today we bring you another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. In this episode, the hosts talk about the new Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse movie and break down the Marvels. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to issue 20 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. My name is Ian Clark, and I'm joined, as always, by Baby New Year himself, Andrew Howard. Andy, how are you today? <laughs> I'm glad I was an old man. <laughs> old man. <laughs> I think I may have even used that one last year. I don't remember. Could be, could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I, I always expect to be the old man. Uh, <laughs> even though, let's see, out of the larger group, I'm probably in the middle. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of our gaming. Yes, yes, that's yeah. probably accurate. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're into 2019. We uh, we made an attempt to record toward the end of 2018, but didn't quite work out. But it only delayed us for a week, so we're like, "What the heck? We're, we'll be fine." You know, we do what we can. Busy schedules. Andy yeah. travels a lot for work, although maybe not so much anymore. Is that? The uh, it'll still be busy for for a little bit, but I think I'll have a little more control over when it is, which is the nicer part. Nice, nice. And obviously we had the holidays and everything, so it was a little busy time. So, But we're yeah. back. We're back. Issue 20. Um, so over the course, this is, we've been doing it for two years now, so that would have been 24 issues. So we're at 20. We're not, not too far off. Uh-huh. Crazy we've been doing this for two years already. It is. It is. Probably seems like a lot longer to some listeners. but um, <laughs> They're gone. We're, we're back. I just wanted to touch on a couple quick things. Just after we recorded the last episode was when Stan Lee passed away, and we talked more about him on the most recent episode of Nerd Herders, and uh, so there is a little more there. But and you know I don't think we need to get into it too much here, but just just wanted to acknowledge it on the show since obviously we are a comic book show and obviously a legendary figure. And someone that honestly, without Stan Lee, we do comics are not what they are today, and movies are not what they are today, and and all that. So, so just a huge thank you to Stan for for everything he's done, and I, I think it's I think it's pretty safe to say his name and his legacy is going to live forever. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting too. Like you know, I think people that are have been inducted more into the Marvel universe via the movies kind of see this kind of aged kind of figure that kind of pops in and acts a little silly um they may have even seen him in some of the like when he did that super the that superhero show like the the people oh, right. That, that, right. that had like superhero abilities and stuff yeah the real uh, life show there yeah right it, it, you've got to remember like for for people reading comics you know one you didn't you, you kind of knew what stanley looked like but you didn't it wasn't it's it's not like he was a person like a personality uh, outside of um, the pages, you know. So well, you knew... he was on on Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, though. That's true. That's true. That's, that's where I first remember actually seeing him outside the because there was always the caricature of him. I think with Stan's soapbox in the comics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even then, that's not that that is not as mainstream even or as <sighs> if you think about it, like put, like being in. Uh, he's is he in all of them? I he, I can't remember if if it was from the beginning or if maybe they added at the start of the second one. His voice definitely is in all of them, and I think he physically appeared on screen 
maybe it was like second season or something like that, but there would, but there would be on screen for sure. There was, there were definitely some right. bookends or something like that to each episode of with Stan. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, that's uh and again, that's it's one of those things I think where you you end up with um, you know this really kind of a guy that has almost a second uh, second kind of career, but like uh, he's introduced sort of, to a yeah. whole I mean, new. He's, yeah. He he becomes more not just I mean not just as he an amazing creator, but he becomes an ambassador for comic books really. But yeah, it's very interesting because it's a, it's a whole you know he he's not necessarily writing anymore. Um, but right, he's still, point, he was like, yeah, yeah, he was like, um, I can't remember, they gave him like some title, like, uh, um, chairman emeritus or something like that, but right, yeah. right, because they're using some of his stories at that point, you know, sure. I know they start to move away from stuff that he wrote, uh, later, but yeah, it's, you know, and it's characters that he helped to create or, you know, created, uh, but yeah, that makes it really interesting and it is a passing, I think we've talked about it before in the show too, that, you're going to start to get into it, uh, you know, where, you know, creators of some of these iconic characters are now beginning to pass. Um, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Stan. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, speaking of Stan's creations, is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And if you haven't seen it and it's still playing near you, you should absolutely see this on the big screen. The uh, the animation is fantastic. It's it's got a lot of stuff I've never seen before in animation. Some of it is just breathtaking. The story's great. The the voice acting is great. It's a it's a really really good movie. Not just a really good cartoon or comic book related movie. It's a good movie. So I was telling Andy you should take his son to see it, uh, even though Andy. Uh, you're not a big fan of the the movie theater itself, but I, it's absolutely worth seeing on the big screen. Yeah, um, it's got a lot of great. Like people are saying, even though it came out right at the end of 2018, it was the best of kind of 2018. Yeah, yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that. Um, even even enjoying it more than uh, Infinity War and Black Panther and some of the other great comic book movies we had last year. But it's yeah, I. I I don't want to spoil it. I, I won't say anything really about the story, but I will say the the humor in it, the heart in it, everything that's there is perfectly done. And if you're if you're a comic book fan, you're gonna love it. If you're a Spider-Man fan, you're gonna absolutely love it. I can't I can't recommend it enough. It's uh, Into the Spider Verse is is fantastic. So, and uh, if any of our listeners enjoyed it, or even if you didn't, and maybe maybe you for for whatever reason it didn't click with you, I'd be curious to see why. So if we do have anybody that's uh, wants to chime in, definitely do on on our Facebook page or shoot us an email or whatever. But I I loved it, and I would highly recommend anyone go see it. All right. Other than that, we can start the show. Currently. Humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. 
The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. All right, welcome into the poll list. This is where we discuss our current reading, and I am mostly caught up. Excuse me, mostly caught up on my comics. Although I know Vader twenty five has come out, and I have not read that yet. And it's interesting, they, they're they ending it with 25. Did, did you read 25? I did. Um, didn't realize that was the end. Um, oh, maybe it's not, but I, I thought they were ending it at, at 25, just like they did with the previous Vader series. It's a, it's a really good issue. Um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. I caught up to 24, and again, it's we, we're getting to see Vader's castle being constructed on Mustafar and and him dealing with uh, the loss of Padme and things like that. So it's it's definitely I've really enjoyed it. I didn't at first when it first started, I wasn't positive I was I was going to be on board with it, but it, it ended up being really good. And so now I'm very curious to to read 25 and uh, and kind of get that closure. It is it is the end. Okay, yeah, I, th- I thought it was. And and now, I mean, I don't know what they do with Vader. Does I mean, it, it's been an incredibly popular comic. Both runs, both the first 25-issue run that took place uh, right after A New Hope, and then this one, they moved back in time and set this right after Revenge of the Sith, which I think was better because a lot more time to work with because it's... Um, between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope is is like t- almost 20 years, I think. So certainly tons of time to work with there. So now I'm I'm wondering if they will do another Vader series, or maybe he'll just have mini series here and there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know they're they're launching some other titles because that's one of the things that I was going to talk about too. Is like uh, they they're doing some Age of the Republic stuff. Um, oh. It's, so there's a new there's a new one with Darth Maul, um, which was. I don't I'm know. wondering if if yeah well I'm I'm wondering if since since Solo didn't do very well, and they clearly set up for Maul to have a part in future Solo movies, I wonder if maybe they're going to shift that content to the comics. It based on this first Darth Maul. Uh, comic, yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, because it Thanks. is, it is, it's ba- it's basically all the kind of the solo stuff, you know. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, not so. It's not. Re- it's not directly related to solo, but it's it's pretty it's pretty close. But I I I didn't enjoy it as much. I don't know that I like his. His character, uh, they do try to give you some of what his motivations are, but I, I, I still don't really get it. Yeah, yeah, he he's a tough character because he's not – you don't get any depth with him in uh, Phantom Menace. You get you get some great fight scenes with him, and, he, and he, you know, visually he's very um, distinct, but you don't really get much. And then the Clone Wars and um, – uh, Rebels did more with him and really developed him much 
to much greater detail. So that was good. So you do get more out of that. But, um, you know, ultimately he's not, even though he's visually, he's, he's really cool. And, and, you know, he's, he's an excellent, uh, lightsaber combatant and things like that. I, I just don't, I don't know that there's enough depth to him to carry a series. Yeah. Um, and they do. So this, this first one does try to give a bunch of his background, like why he hates the Jedi so much and stuff. And it's, um, I think there was an earlier issue. I don't know if it was Vader or something where, you know, they're trying to, I can't remember what, there's something else I've read with Darth Maul in it where it's, it's kind of the emperor kind of restraining him quite a bit. No, it couldn't be Vader because he's, he's well, no, you said, you said the emperor, you said the emperor. emperor, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where I, I, I see what they wrote for the motivation, but I'm just like, it's not, it's, it's one of those things I just don't, I don't get, you know, quick side note on Vader, uh, <laughs> new Lego for 2019 is Vader's castle, new Star Wars Lego. It's, it, it's neat. It's neat looking. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I did read 25. It's good. Um, it is, it's kind of sad that that's ending again, but. Yeah, I, I really like that series. Yeah. I am probably one issue behind now on the regular Star Wars series, but that um, I have been enjoying as well. I wasn't, again, this was a storyline I wasn't certain I was going to really enjoy. <clears throat> with it's Essentially, it's got Han and Leia and, um, uh, what's her name, Santa, uh, who had posed as Han's wife in the past. They're, they're all kind of hiding out. And especially when I saw the, there's a, there's a cover that's essentially American Gothic, but with the, the famous painting uh, yep, 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 of yep. The, the, the farmer couple, and it's Han and Leia. And I was like, oh boy, I don't know about this. But but I actually ended up enjoying what, what they did there and kind of hiding out on an interesting planet. And um, it's still it's still going, so... I ended up liking it more than I thought I would. So, so that was, that's been good too. Uh, that's really all I've been reading. I will say, I'll turn it over to you for other stuff, but I will say I won't be such a one trick pony with the star Wars stuff going forward because this month, January Marvel launches three new Conan titles. Oh, and, wow. Yes. So I'm, that. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely on board for the main title, which is Conan the Barbarian. There's also Savage Sword of Conan, which I believe, if I understand the format correctly, Conan the Barbarian will be like the main, you know, new stories of Conan. Savage Sword is going to be, I think, one that's similar to how the books and the and the pulp novels and the short stories worked when Robert E. Howard was writing them, is that he would just bounce around in Conan's life. Like I believe the very first uh, Conan story, he's already king at that point. So so they bounce around, and I think that's what Savage Sword is going to do. And then the there's another one, and I believe, I can't remember if it's called Tales of Conan, uh, but I think that's going to not even focus necessarily on him. I think it's going to focus on more popular side characters like uh, like Belette. Um I never know how to pronounce, pronounce her name, because it's, you always ever that's see it. To me. Yeah, it's B-E-L-I-T. <laughs> um, but she had some famous uh, stories in the original Conan Marvel run back in the 70s. 
And so I, I think it's going to focus on her and some of the other uh, side characters that we saw in the in the original Marvel comics. So I'm super excited for the Conan books. Uh, I'll check them all out. We'll see, you know, if there's one that uh, kind of wins out and ends up being the one I stick with or if I end up liking all three. But I, I'm super excited for the for Marvel having Conan back in their stable and, and being able to check out some new stories. They have good creative teams. So uh, I'm excited. So, um, but that's to, what's, what's to come. So we'll, we'll turn it over to you now for, uh, anything you want to talk about that you've been reading. Sure. Sure. Um, so I have my, my staples like, uh, black Panther that I've been reading. Um, I've dropped fantastic four. Um, it's, you know, again, I think, I think when we talked about, uh, the fantastic four ultimates, uh, I liked that series, but I think cause it was self-contained, um, this one, it, there are so many characters, um, because there's not, o- not only is it kind of the, the fantastic four, but you also have, uh, Reed and Sue's children. Um, it's, it, there's, there's a lot going on. Um, and then there's other people from multiverses tagging along. So, um, the one neat thing, um, I didn't buy it, but issue five of the new run, supposedly Ben is finally getting married. Um, oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, his, and I do like it cause it do, does show him in his yarmulke. Like it, like <laughs> it's, awesome. it looks like it's going to be a traditional Jewish wedding. So I, I found that I may eventually go back and get it. Uh, generally digital comics drop in price quite a bit, um, after a couple weeks, um, so I may, I may go back and get that. Um, they just ended the old man Hawkeye run, which was a spinoff of the old man, uh, Logan run, um, from a couple years ago. And they're actually going to do a couple other old man runs. There's going to be one, uh, based on, um, uh, star Lord. Um, so basically, kind of basically an old man version of that because, and again, try not to spoil it, but you know, with old man Logan, most of the Marvel heroes are, are gone. Um, so you've, you've got a point. So it's a couple villains that are kind of running everything, but they're all old now too. But it, there's not a whole lot of new, new heroes out there either. So it, I, these old man stories are, are, are kind of fun. But yeah, they're doing. I I know they're doing it. Um, they're doing an old man, um, like I said, Star Lord. But at the very end of Old Man, sorry, Hawkeye. Hawkeye has cataracts, so he's going blind. So he happens to meet another old man. Uh, superhero that's not dead that may be able to help him overcome his problem with blindness. Ah, uh, and, and I'll I'll leave it I'll leave it with that. Uh, interesting. Um, yeah, but that's but that should be fun uh, to see what they do with some of those old man titles. Finished out the uh, some of the new Infinity Wars stuff. Uh, that was that was kind of fun. Um, just kind of how they kind of get the rings away from Gamora. I think it's particularly interesting because, you know, she, she's talking to a ghost of her, of her father, Thanos throughout the whole thing. And you, you once again, get that very kind of, you know, 
was Thanos wrong? Yeah, uh, vibe to it. Um, and I, and I kind of like that. This month, I did try uh, something new from DC. I love all alternate history. This one is a DC. It's a it's a it's only a twelve issue maxi series. I don't know. I may just wait now to get the kind of collected one at the end. But the idea is that during the um, World War II, um, America loses. And the Nazis take over the U.S. and there's and they've killed off most of most of the the superheroes that are out there, um, and so now it's kind of fast forwarding to modern times uh, where you know it's you know 50, 60 years later it's you know the the U.S is under kind of a, a Nazi control and there's some new superheroes that are back um, and they're going to, they're going to try to kind of fix things. It looks like um, it, I, I want to try it. Cause it's all, it's, it's characters I've never heard of, um, yeah, yep. but we'll, we'll try it out. Um, I'll probably give it, I usually give most things at least a three shot um, kind of thing um, right around Christmas time. Both DC and Marvel were doing big sales. Um, so I picked up uh, from DC Dark Knight's Metal, um, which was this whole the bat that laughs. Um, oh, so right, a, right, right. There's a whole idea of like both in Marvel and DC, there's these multiverses. Uh, but most of the multiverses that we see are, yes, there are bad guys on them, but there's it, they're, they're pretty analogous to where we are so there's good guys there's bad guys it's kind of the constant struggle between the two but for the most part things are good for most people um this is a series of characters that all come from for lack of a better description hell worlds well sorry siri i don't know why you thought i said your name um I do not know the location of these hell worlds. Right, right, right. Um, and so it's it's the the versions of Batman from these kind of hell worlds. So that Batman still exists in these places, but he's a he's kind of a much darker version of himself. And in, in some cases, he has elements of kind of other um, kind of heroes. You know, whether it be cyborg or flash or aquaman um and it, it's neat it's a great it's i love kind of all those kind of mirror things like that but there it's tough because a lot of how they the backstory and how they defeat it relates to things that are way deeper in the dc universe that i just don't understand like yeah, gotcha. like, like hawkman um and like the fact that he's been around forever and yeah, you know, it's, and, I, and again, it's one of those things that maybe if I go back now and try to just look it up on the internet and read, I'll understand some of it, but some of it, I just don't, it's, it's, it's well-written, it's well-drawn. The characters are really cool, but I'm just having a hard time relating to it. Yeah. Well, and also you've got D- DC's much more so than Marvel's history is so convoluted because they did so many you know, part of it is not a bad thing, and that's that the, a lot of the DC characters have been around just forever, but they rebooted so many times, whether it was Crisis on Infinite Earths or, or 
you know, New 52, all those types of things. They've done it so many times that it's very difficult to keep track of which version a character is. And then you throw in somebody like Hawkman, who's essentially been reincarnated uh, uh, many, many times over the years, and it gets even more confusing. Yeah. So it's it, I, it's a great it's a great concept. I like the art. I like the story. But yeah, I'm having a, a little bit of a hard time with that. As I mentioned, so DC and Marvel were running a sale. I th- actually I think it, through Comicsology, Ching, I think it runs through today. I think today is the last day of it. All of their what if stuff was on sale. Oh, cool! I, I am love a the what if sucker for what if. So yeah, I me picked too. up what if AVX, which was the Avengers versus X Men. What if Age of Ultron? What if Civil War? What if Why Not? What if and then one and then seven volumes of What If Classics? I spent some of my Christmas money. Is basically what happened <laughs> here. What if Secret Invasion? What if Event Horizon? What if Mirror Mirror? Um, so yeah, there was a bunch in there, and I and and some of them were cool. Like I, I liked you know in the What If Classics, I liked like half of it. You know, it wasn't yeah. you know they weren't all good stories, but there was a cool one. Like What If spider-man had joined the fantastic four right in the very beginning of him did becoming we, did Spider-Man. we talk about this last month i feel like we talked about this no there was a what if if uh, uh what's his name became spider-man instead so because oh, okay. marvel was doing some new what ifs as well so oh if, that's right uh, okay. okay um flash um, um flash so, thompson so, right flash thompson yeah but it, it was kind of neat and, it, and they i forgot how well they did some of the early what ifs because it, what they do is like, you know, they explain, you know, there are all these different universes out there. Like, if things change, you know, how does the universe try to correct itself to like back to the way it was in our universe, or does it go like on a, a complete different tangent? The way what they did with the Fantastic Spider-Man journey, the Fantastic Four, was awesome. Uh, because it has downline consequences with other things in that world. And again, this is pretty old, so I'm not going to spoil anything here, but it leads to a point where uh, the Invisible Woman doesn't feel that she's as necessary to be in the Fantastic Four. So when uh, Namor kidnaps her, she doesn't leave. She falls in love with him and stays. Oh, that's interesting. Because she doesn't. Because she's like, look, you guys don't really need me. You've got, you've got Spider Man. You don't, you don't need, necessarily need me in this, uh, in this group. So, you know, let's, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm staying with him. Like, because she's like, I'm in love with both you and Reed. Like, but I'm, I've decided to stay. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, and then the next one in there is, you know, Hulk. What if, when Banner becomes Hulk, he doesn't lose. He doesn't become mindless. He he still thinks like Banner, um, and that's really interesting because he starts teaming up with the Fantastic Four. He, uh, Xavier's in it, but the the way that one ends is he cures Ben Grimm, like he's able because so it's Banner working with you know Reed Richards and they cure Ben Grimm. But some Galactus comes, something happens, Ben Grimm gets turned back into the thing, but this time he has this he has like he's more like the Hulk, where he doesn't he's mind he's like a mindless monster when he as the thing. So now now you have your Hulk that you have to chase down, but it's actually the thing. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, they that that was one thing they did a lot, and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't in yeah. the what ifs. Is kind of like turned the tables and and said, okay, or just kind of altered. You still almost get to the same place, but it, the way that it happens is is what they change. Right. So I'm I'm looking forward. I got a whole bunch of those to read. Um, I'm looking forward to that. The last thing I'll mention that they had on sale, they had volume two and three of Strike Force Moratory. Uh, which I didn't own in any format, so I bought Volume 2 and 3. I, and I don't think I've ever read Volume 3. Okay, and those are the ones that pick up after the run, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, never, I never did. There's like, what, Electric? One of them was called like Electric something. I can't remember. I don't know because it, it just listed as Volume 2 and 3. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. It's not just the continuum because, I mean, I, was the first one the entire 30 issues? Because I wonder if maybe it's just like issues. Maybe the first volume was one to ten, and then it's like eleven to twenty. And yeah, so I think I think this collects. So volume two. I'm trying to see which ones it collects. Because I'm pretty sure volume two is still. It's still that same style. So I don't know. I can't. I can't. I'm gonna have to read it because I can't remember. Gotcha. Um, but I think it's after the defeat of the the aliens. Okay. Um, for the most part, there's still some out there, but yeah, because um, yeah, this doesn't. None of this looks familiar. Okay. Uh, and then it's like what starts to happen is they start to kind of die and stuff, and then in the new world, kind of what what is, you know, now that you know you can create superheroes, what does that look like? Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Awesome. All right. Anything else to discuss in the uh, in the polls? No, that's that. Like I said, actually, December was a rather slow. It, it there wasn't a whole lot of kind of new stuff, but I definitely took advantage of what was out there uh, sure, in terms sure. of some of the sales. Although uh, I just realized, you know, we're recording midweek. You know, yesterday was Comic Book Day, but uh, oh right, lost. I got all lost in it because <laughs> the whole kind of the whole week is thrown off. Yeah, yeah, those midweek or early week uh, holidays always always make it confusing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, well, we'll be back uh, with some new stuff next month, especially I'm psyched for that Conan stuff. So, so uh, stay tuned for that next month. But meanwhile, we're going to move on. The nation is vast. There are battlefields of old. Great convention halls. And worlds of fantasy to explore. Who will guide us across this great Geek Nation? Since 2010, Geek Nation tours have been providing holidays for groups of like-minded people. Whatever your nature of geek. Tabletop gaming? TV? Film? Comic books? Sports? Or science? Geek Nation tours caters for you visit www.geeknationtours.com for more details and join the great geek nation it is entitled not to run de manto roughly translated book of the dead the book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood all right, welcome into Read This, where we discuss a trade paperback or a series or a one-shot or something cool that we want you to read along with us. And this time out, we went back to the, boy, I think it was the mid-90s when this came out, but uh, Marvel's 
by uh, Kurt Busiek, and uh, who's a writer that obviously you guys will uh, have heard us talk about a lot because we love Astro City so much, and that's his creation. And the artwork, the beautiful paintings of Alex Ross. And uh, so this was Andy's pick, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him take over. Right, so this is one of the ones that kind of is always out there in in terms of you know kind of stories that you should read. Um, as Ian mentioned, uh, music is somebody, especially with Astro City, that I like. Uh, I like reading, and I thought this one also fit in well with uh, last month's read. This uh, with Spider-Man Blue, because basically when I was I was reading reviews of Spider-Man Blue. You know, I was talking about some of the other things that were in there, and this is this was one that got mentioned over and over again. And it's it's the idea of your you're hearing very iconic stories from the Marvel universe, told not from the point of view of kind of a third party observer looking at the at the heroes, but an actual photographer who's kind of documented marvels uh for his kind of for his entire career um and how how kind of the everyman sees uh sees these heroes um and how that kind of affects um who he is i one of the other things that i picked up on this too which is subtle is how being committed to your job even as a mortal kind of affects your kind of your personal life and your your outlook on things and i don't know if we're supposed to be kind of trying to take that idea of you know uh, you know superheroes uh and and translating it down to people but at the beginning i had to reread this i'll, I'll fully admit that um that the first issue didn't catch me as much i really like the first the one is very slow the first one is very slow yeah, even and that's not calling the zero issue, right? I'm not even talking about this. Right. Uh, the zero, the zero issue is, I wonder if they even put that back in because one was tough. But again, you, I go back and read one and I like it, but you know, two is, two is really good. Yeah. Yeah, and I think part of the problem is too that they are kind of, you're kind of hamstrung with Marvel's history uh, and, and having to start with those original heroes in the Marvel universe, which were the original human torch and, and Namor. Yeah. Um, so who are not overly compelling characters, at least to me, they've, they've never been. So, you know, to, if you're going to tell this whole story, you've got to start at that point. And I think that kind of hampers the series from getting, some momentum going early because you've got you've, it's the introduction of superpowered beings, and the ones that are there are you know not to, at least to me not particularly engaging. So I, I think it, it I think it has to start a little slowly just based on the history of Marvel Comics, but then it, it really picks up and um, and goes from there. And it's interesting you talked about the Everyman thing. I went and looked because this is clearly the groundwork for Astro City. Um, and I went to check to see, and so Marvels came out in 94, Astro City started in 95. This is clearly where Kurt Busiek got the idea of the everyman 
um, angle on superheroes, which is so prevalent in Astro City. And some of the most amazing Astro City stories are just the common people being thrust into unusual situations because they live in a, in a city where superheroes fight <laughs> supervillains on almost a daily basis. So, um, so that was kind of interesting to see because you can definitely see the echoes of what would become Astro City. And um, also that you mentioned, you know, the whole because I, I read Marvels when it came out. I actually to, to read this for for read this. Um, I actually went back and got my issues out that I've had since they came out. And so 1994, when this came out, I was I was in Tennessee. I was still I was in college and uh, obviously a young man. I was 21. So no family or anything like that. So now reading this with, you know, that as part of my life, you know, I have two kids and I've been married for a long time. So you really kind of feel that angle of, of Phil Sheldon's life where he is giving up so much time with his family to, to chase these marvels and then his obsession with photography and things like that. So that really struck a new chord with me this time. Yeah. They also took a very interesting spin on, especially in issue three, how the world perceived mutants as opposed to people like um, Captain America. Uh, or Thor, and it was. I think I think they did that in a very very interesting way. Um, that you know these were people were worried about mutants because not all mutants were super powered, and not all mutants were good. Even though there, there were villains out there, you you always know that there are villains, but you just don't. You almost don't know what you're getting with with mutants. Um, and that was. I th- I found that very very compelling. Actually, that's two. That is two. Yeah, they um they really humanized the the mutant element, and by and it's interesting. You don't have the classic type of hero like Phil Sheldon, the the protagonist of the comic, is um. I hope it's Phil Sheldon. That's what I keep. That's it's what Phil. I know it's Phil. So. I think it's Philip Sheldon. So. He's very he's racist and and anti mutant and you're like wow this is not what I would have expected you would have expected the the you know the quote unquote hero of the story to be tolerant and everything and it takes his children humanizing the the mutant um, situation by they take in a young mutant girl who looks different it's she's not someone that just has power she looks different and they take her in and are secretly like getting you know getting food to her and things like that so it it at first he's very concerned for his family's safety because there's so much uh anti-mutant sentiment that that he fears that there could be repercussions but he you see it kind of clicks with him um and i thought that was a really interesting take for them to for them to go with yeah no i um I liked that element of it. And you see like he's, he's standing there right there when the riot is taking place and he's not doing anything about it. Like he's not, he, he doesn't say anything. He, you know, he, he's pretty much an active participant in it. Um, it, it would be hard for me to argue that he was passive. Um, but it was, it was an interesting take on the kind of, on that part. And then in three, you get, you know, this, 
this kind of world ending uh, situation uh, where, you know, Galactus has come and, you know, everybody thinks it's the end of the world and they're saved. And Phil at the end is just like, 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 how do you people not appreciate what these superheroes have done for you, you know, like, right, right. Life just goes on. They, it's kind of like, oh, that was something, and and life just goes on. And he remarks on that. Yeah, yeah. And like people think it's a hoax and everything. Like, and, and it's it's one of those things where I think that, and I think it's something that happens to heroes in a lot of stories. That if they're, you know, yep. So they're they're heroes when you need them, but when they're not, they're, you know. You know, what are they doing? Like, you know, are they really heroes? It's a very, I think it's a very interesting Love way. Hate. Of, yeah, yeah, of of looking looking at them um, and how that how they do that. But that's that's book three, and I, again, I think, like I said, one was tough. It's that's very much, I think, setting the stage. Um, two is this great look at like how you know, how we view different types of heroes. And then three continues that a little bit. And then four was four parts was kind of like, wow, this is, this is really heavy. Um, yeah. Four gets into the Gwen Stacy and Spider-Man and the green goblin. And, and uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, it really ends on a high note that um, yeah, that fourth issue is, is fantastic. Yeah. Because with four, it's, um, you know, it's Sheldon kind of seeing he, he's getting tired by all of it. Um, he's, you know, he's written kind of a book about Marvels um, and he's, you know, and, and the book sale has done well uh, because, again, he he is he's not writing a lot. All he's doing is it's pictures. So I think he's trying to kind of stay in this kind of neutral place with that. Um, it is also interesting what they do with jameson too uh yes because... and did you notice him early on in the first issue oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's fun because they don't they don't say his name or anything you can kind of get from the from the artwork that it's a young jonah and he and it's a, just a guy you know one of the one of phil's oh, you could tell it's him yeah 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 but but it's not overt is what i'm saying but he's saying yep. like oh you know i'll someday i'll run a paper you know so you, you get it but it's not like in your face like some of these ones might you know other other creators and other artists might have done it differently and made it real over the top this was done very subtly you can still absolutely tell but it's not they don't beat you over the head with it yeah yeah there are a couple little cameos like that like when he meets um peter parker too um yeah yeah he doesn't doesn't care for him (laughs) (laughs) yeah because he's like because peter parker is doing the exact op like show uh phil does not like selling his photos to put you know, superheroes in a particular light. He just, he's, his whole thing is documenting what, what is happening. Um, but, um, but Peter is selling, you know, sensational pictures of Spider-Man. Now, I think if uh, Phil knew why he would probably be a little bit more <laughs> accepting, but yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, overall it was, it was great for me to reread it because like I said, I don't think I had read it again since it came out or maybe if i did it was not you know within a few years after it came out i might have revisited it but it had been a while and and i forgot how long ago it was that it had come out so it was it was fun to reread it and 
kind of see how it struck different chords with me this time. But um, and you and I had talked at when we, when we played D and D a couple weeks ago, the, and you said you were having a hard time with Marvels, and I was like, oh man. So I I went and I read that first issue, and I was like, oh, I, I can see what Andy's talking about. This is really slow, and then it it picked up, and I was like, okay, this is more what I remember, and especially when it got to the end when you get to the impact of Gwen Stacy's death and things like that, it's like, okay, this is, this is the Marvels that I remembered. So I, I did end up enjoying it, but it was interesting to, to go back. And it is, it's interesting where he, even he towards the end is, it's not necessarily disillusioned, but he's, he's grown tired of, you know, kind of how people treat superheroes. Um, and, you know, realizes that he needs to enjoy some of the the time he has left with his family and stuff um, and kind of some of those kind of decisions as well, which again, it's, it's interesting because it's bringing the focus back down to the everyman. It's the, it's the character, you know, it's the, it's not the, the superheroes that are the, the center of the story. It's, it's Phil and, you know, his decision to kind of, basically retire and pass the torch to his his daughter who's kind of now taking photographs as well so um i I like that but that 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 i you could the way the section with gwen stacy's death is written you can see how much it touches phil's character right Um, um because before that he had also uh, been investigating the death of um, uh, Gwen Stacy's father too. Right. The, yes, uh, Captain Stacy. Yes, Captain Stacy. Yeah, because he didn't he didn't think that that had gone down kind of the right way, and he had gotten to know Gwen Stacy as well. So it was it was one of those things where he was it was really hard for him altogether because he had met he he knew who Gwen Stacy was. Right. Right. Do you want to talk a little bit about the artwork? Okay. Yeah. So Alex Ross, as I mentioned before, is the artist on it. Uh, beautiful, not only the covers, especially I love the cover. I think it's issue four, must be with um, it's a close up on Spider-Man's face, and you can see in one of his eye lenses the Green Goblin with Glenn, uh, Gwen Stacy, which I think is a a really nice piece. So yeah, I I really like the artwork. Yeah, there's the there's the it's the beginning of issue or uh, yeah issue two. Uh, with uh, Angel kind of carrying that little mutant girl kind of above above the crowd, which I thought was really good too. Um, yes, yep, that is a nice. Piece. Now I don't know in your. It's probably because the the version I purchased through, uh, or it's on might be on Comicsology Unlimited. It it has a whole. Kind of sec- and then in fact, there are two pieces of artwork that I was like, "Oh man, these are nice." There's one uh, by Alex Ross that's kind of all of the the key kind of superheroes that are in this. It's so it's like um, Thor, the Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Captain America, uh, Angel, um, Jean Grey, Wasp, Beast. Um, it's a really neat little cover. And then they do one of the villains as well, so that it, that's kind of a neat looking artwork. Um, but it towards the end, it's got Alex Ross's process, so how he got to, because he basically had people pose for yes, some of which these. I believe is how he does it a lot. Yeah, he yeah. he he gets actual people to um 
to pose, which helps him with lighting and, and just like anatomy and things like that. Yeah. So like he had a friend of his pose as uh, Phil, um, another guy kind of pose as uh, the human torch, you know, didn't want like there's little notes of how he didn't want uh, Namor's ears to be too, too Spock like. Oh, um, right. Yeah. He had his parents kiss for the picture of um, Sue and Reed kissing at the wedding. Like it's it's a lot of neat little things that talk about his process, um, and I liked it because it wasn't. I don't. I don't think I could read a whole book about that, but just some of the images that you saw in there and how how that worked um, was was really neat. Um, they also had a really cool little story from uh, a friend of Kirk Busick's where they talk about growing up together. Um, Scott McCloud. Um, who yes. I, he's yeah. written a bunch of uh, books about comics. Right. Right. Um, and basically how him and Kirk Busick were friends as kids, like, and how like Kirk has never really gotten any recognition for the writing he's done, you know, whereas I write about people who write comics and I have won awards for that. Um, and just how he's, you know, he's, he really likes this particular one. I think it's also interesting when that was written because that's pre, uh, Astro city really, uh, right, right. which you, I think you really start to see Kirk music kind of start to shine. So, but yeah. it, it does a really neat thing too, where it has Marvel sources. So for books one, two, three, and four, it tells you where that idea came from in the original Marvel universe. Oh, that's great. That's that's nice. Yeah. So none of that stuff's in the original issue. So I, I missed out on all that stuff. Yeah. So this is part of like whatever the extended version is. But like, you know, yeah, Torch in the Streets, Marvel Comics number one, uh, and then you know, book three. The Widow and Ivan, so it's like from the, the trial of uh, Black Widow, it's, you know, Tales to Astonish, number 52. Um, it, it has everything. So anything that was from, like, it's taken kind of right from the pages of something, they, they credit. Uh, and it, it's neat. Uh, and it, it gives you a way, if you ever wanted to go back and see, you could. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that they did that. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, anything else to say about Marvels? No, that was it. I just wanted to make sure that we mentioned the artwork that's with it because it is great. It's it's definitely a huge component of it. Yeah, and Al, like um, you, my favorite thing out of the DC kind of university is uh, Kingdom Come, which uh, Alex Ross does too in terms of art. Um, right, right. And that's that's one. That's another one where you know I was drawn to the artwork, and then I I've probably read that two or three times because again I think it's it's very similar to this, um, yes. yeah. but it's, but again, that it's that art style that really draws you in. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely nice. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So it's my turn to pick for next month. And, uh, I was a little reluctant to do this, but I'm going to anyway, uh, we're sticking with Kurt Busiek and, uh, right now, uh, you can get this on Comixology Unlimited and it is, uh, in celebration of Conan, uh, moving back to Marvel. This is not Conan from Marvel, but this is Conan from, uh, I think it was Image that had it, but it's Conan Volume 1, The Frost Giant's Daughter and Other Stories. And uh, this is from the early 2000 run 
with uh, Kurt Busiek and uh, on the writing chores, and Carrie Nord is the artist. And I collected this when it came out, and I really liked this one. Not only, I mean, I like Kurt Busiek, that's obviously uh, <laughs> well-established, but this series went and took some of the Robert E. Howard stories, the Frost Giant's Daughter being one of the most famous ones, and converted them into comic form. And I think it I think it really worked. I think it worked very well. The the stories are really good. The art is really good. And uh, it just, it really captures that uh, Conan feel from the, the pulp novels that Robert E. Howard did. So this is one I, I'm guessing you probably haven't read this one. I have. You have? Okay. Yeah, All right. That's good. Okay. No, it, no, because it hit uh, Comicsology Unlimited a couple months ago. Oh, okay. Okay. But no, it's it's worthy of discussion. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I no, this is a good one. Okay, great. And we can compare and contrast with the Marvel run as well because I've read so much of that. So, um, but I thought that'd be a fun one, even though it's going back to Kurt Busiek, but it, it's getting us away from superheroes a little bit. And uh, I am excited about the the new Conan books, so I thought it'd be a fun one to do. So. P.S. Uh, it's out this week. At least. Oh, week. awesome. Okay, it's in, great. It's in my cart. That's what I was doing while I was gone. <laughs> nice. Awesome. All right, so if you want to read along with us, uh, it is Conan Volume 1, The Frost Giant's Daughter, and Other Stories. And uh, check out Marvels. Uh, that's, if you've never read it, I think, I think Marvels is one that should, uh, should definitely be read. So uh, that is Read This for this episode. GameMat.eu creates mats to game on. Bring your games to life and conquer the mightiest cities or discover long-lost realms. Each battle mat is made from the finest rubber-based mouse pad material, so you can simply change your tabletop into a battlefield in no time. You can get your mat in a variety of sizes, plus you have your choice of resin terrain to add to your mat. Game on with GameMat.eu. And please don't make the super suit green or animated. All right, welcome into the somebodies. This is where we discuss a character that you may or may not be familiar with. And it was my turn to pick, and I went with the Huntress from DC Comics. Now, Andy, I, I know some of the Batman lore and stuff you're not as up on. Did you know much about her? No, and it's funny because um, does she end up in Arrow? Yes. Yep. Yeah, she's yeah in, I think she's that's, in, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's in. I think where I got the, some of it. Yeah. Yeah, and she was pretty true to the to the character in the comics on Arrow. Um, she was in. I think it was the first season. Maybe showed up again in the second season, and then I think they kind of wrote her out of it. Uh, but the interesting thing is when I when we pick these, sometimes we get to learn a lot of stuff. I I didn't realize that the the name and the character itself went way back in DC history. I was only familiar with the uh, Helena Bertinelli, the the more recent. You know, from about the 90s on, I think is is when she, um, or maybe maybe mid 80s, but um, you know, the one that that we've seen, like you said, on Arrow, also on the the short-lived Birds of Prey TV show, uh, the Birds of Prey comic book. She's been very prevalent in a lot of the Batman stuff. So, the Helena Bertinelli one was one that I knew really well, but she actually dates back to the golden age of superheroes yeah, yeah, yeah. and which I did not realize first appearance, August, 1947 yeah. in sensation comics, number 68. Now the character then was, uh, Paula Brooks and she was a, uh, a super villain. 
and she fought. And again, I'm on Wikipedia. I, I don't like to, I don't, I don't pretend that I, this is all coming out of my brain. <laughs> um, but she actually fought Wildcat, who's a, a cool uh, Golden Age hero that shows up from time to time. Uh, and, and I don't know currently what he's doing, but and actually Wildcat ended up on uh, Arrow as well. Uh, but yes. uh, yeah, so she uh, she was in the Injustice Society of America, the original, and they stole the Plymouth Rock, which <laughs> which is interesting. And she married fellow supervillain Sportsmaster. Ah, those Golden Age names. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she uh, was later retroactively named the Tigress, and. Um, she uh, this one was a hero, though, and she fought the Nazis and was a member of the Young All-Stars as well. So uh, then there's the Helena Wayne version, uh, the Bronze Age, Bronze Age Huntress. Now, this is the other one I remember. Uh, yeah, I, because yeah, of the 52, the new 52 yes. back in 2011. Yeah. Yeah. So so this one in the Bronze Age was the daughter of Batman and Catwoman. Um, and that was established in the early 1960s in the alternate universe. Um, so uh, she, let's see, December 1977, she was in All-Star Comics and um, Batman Family and stuff like that. So so then we get to the newer one. And, and again, you're right, it mentions here the new 52 used that uh, that version as well, the Bronze Age. Uh, bronze, boy, that's hard to say. Bronze Age Helena Wayne. And then Helena Bertinelli, the one that I'm more familiar with, uh, she debuted in 1985, uh, and it was because of Crisis on Infinite Earths, which we mentioned before, that erased the Helena Wayne version and and introduced this uh, Helena Bertinelli, who was the daughter of a Gotham City crime boss. And uh, so from there, she she's had... Um, She's she's been in a lot of stuff after after that, especially I would say probably maybe 2000s is when she really kind of came more into prominence and, and was seen a lot more. Birds of Prey uh, became a very popular title where she was with uh, Oracle and uh, boy, who's the other female hero in Birds of Prey? It's uh, my mind not working properly. Oh, you um... remember who she was? With? It was it was Oracle and. Huntress and boy, somebody else, and I can't, I can't think of who it is. Yeah, that's you're not gonna. Help, I'm not gonna be much help on this. Yeah, one. I know. And, and well, the sad thing is, I read Birds of Prey. Oh, Black Canary, Black Canary. That's why. Okay, we got there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's been a, she's been, she's been in a lot of other things too. Like the animated series has used her. We mentioned Arrow. Uh, she was on Brave of the Bold. She's, she's been in a, a lot of different stuff and has a very, I think, iconic look to her um it's it's one I'm, I'm a little surprised they haven't updated and maybe they have actually i don't know about current comics but because she's uh it shows off a lot of skin the uh, and she's got like the tall like thigh high boots and essentially like just a pair of underwear and then like a uh like a midriff bearing top uh, but the colors, like uh, purple and black, and the the mask itself and the cape, I, I think it's all very iconic looking. So uh, they've probably updated her some, I would say. Uh, but but for the most part, it's it's probably still pretty similar because it is a, a very striking and iconic um, costume. So uh, uses a crossbow, is uh, also skilled in hand to hand, like most of the Batman family. You know, Robin and Nightwing and everybody. So, just kind of a cool character that I um, that I've always really liked and enjoyed when she was in 
you know, whether it be crossing over into Batman or in Birds of Prey or whatever. I, I just really like the character. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I remember her a little bit from some of the cartoon. I think it's, you know, the Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. Uh, I remember, and then <laughs> I was just looking. Do you see the picture of the live action one? Yes, yes. That I Legends of Superheroes. I, I'm looking for, at a Ralford from there, Barbara Joyce. I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening here? Yeah, I forget that that existed. That Legends of the Superheroes TV special is from '79. I probably watched it. I would have been. I uh, I gotta old. find it. Uh, I bet it's on YouTube or something. It's it, Anna Barbera, so it's gotta be out there. Oh, uh, it's it I it's. It looks awful, so I, I it's got to be worth watching. <laughs> it's well, but it's got all it's got Adam West and Burt Ward too. Like, oh, it's I love these these black, black holes I can fall down. Yeah. Uh, Look, uh, yeah, the the costume is it doesn't even like the mask looks somewhat like it, but the rest of it is is not. I don't know. We can only see from the waist up, and it, it's showing uh, showing a lot of cleavage as well. So, but it's yeah. pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, so she's she's been in a lot of different media, which is kind of interesting because it's a character that I don't think is super well known. But but here she is appearing in she's appeared in pretty much every animated version. And um, I was I was looking to see I wonder if she was on. No, it doesn't look like I wondered if she had maybe shown up on Smallville in some way, but doesn't look like it Um, just mentions the that Legends of the Superheroes special. Birds of Prey, the live action one, which um again did not did not last very long, and then uh, Arrow for for a few episodes. So, but yeah, I don't know, just kind of a cool character. The a lot of her appearances in the animated ones are pretty good. Uh, so well, I like, and I thought in Arrow, I thought she was an, a great character. Like she was. I, I I almost wondered why they. I, I can't remember quite where they wrote her out, but I think because she had been a love interest for Oliver, and so I think maybe to to remove that aspect of it, they had probably that might have been where they moved on from her. But yeah, I, I liked her in the show. I thought I thought they had done her very well um, as a character. Well, I think where Arrow suffers is when there is more than one superhero. All the worst storylines for Arrow, in my opinion, are the ones where there's two superheroes at the same time. Um, yeah, but it... I don't know, because the, the season with Deathstroke as the main, where they all fight at the end, I thought was really well done. Um, yeah, but I could I but see, I could have seen that with just like I like it more when it's it's just him. Yeah, kind of he definitely got oversaturated or yeah. saturated. Um, at the end, for sure. Well, not the end, but when I stopped watching. And um, well, the other problem too was by that season. I think that takes place after the Huntress, because yes. you've already gotten the storyline of oh, there's you know there's someone out there with a lot of skill who's a little bit troubled. Like I was like, and that was good when they did it as a Huntress. When they did it again as Black Canary, and then they did it again as. Oh, I can't remember what Junior Arrow's name is there, but like I was like, oh, like yeah. how many how many times are we going to see this? Like, right. you know, yeah. yeah. But I knew you had to build in the canary, and you know, right, right, yeah. So, but yeah, again, it's one of those things where I I, I wish she was in. And I think they brought her back at one she, point for a yeah. short period of time. Yeah, it might have been one one episode or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They almost didn't seem to know what to do with her, but yeah, she was she was. 
pretty well represented on the as far as like being from the comics to the screen. I, th- I thought they did a nice job with that. And I, and again, I think it's one of those things where I don't think there was a lot of story out there. So I think they could have done whatever they wanted with it. And maybe that was the problem is they had to write more like you'd have to write more for kind of a secondary character because you don't have anything to to pull from. Whereas all the other characters, I think you have more content to pull from and more ways to tie them in with each other, too. So, right. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right, so that's the Huntress. Uh, you can check her out. There's some definitely some trades and things like that available. Certainly, Birds of Prey would be a great place to start. That was a really good series, and uh, written by uh, I think it was Gail Simone wrote that, and I really enjoyed that one. So that'd be a good place to start. But yeah, check out the Huntress. All right, we have come to the end of another issue. That means it's time for the mailbag. And we have a few questions from the Facebook page. Thanks for being patient. Uh, I know I asked for the mailbag questions quite a while ago. but um, So a couple questions here to field. Uh, I don't know how much help we're going to be. but <laughs> So the first one's from Jamie D. Egan-Searle. And he says, I'm having trouble getting into Superman. I want to like him, but can't find a good run. Any advice on what I should read? All-Star Superman was okay, but seemed quite different from what I expected of the Boy Scout. Where do I get some quality Superman that isn't Death of or Red Sun? Um, I'm not a huge Superman fan myself, so I don't I don't own a ton of Superman stuff. I own Death of Superman. I own Red Sun. Um, I, I one that I really like is an Alan Moore story called Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Um, that's a one shot. I think, or if it, if not, it's only a couple issues. It's really short, but that's a really strong story. And there's another one I want to say. It's called like what, what to get for the man who has everything. I, and that might even be an Alan Moore one as well. Those are two that come to mind for me as not being, but but again, not a huge Superman fan. And I, if I remember right, you're you're not a big Superman guy either, right? No. Um, yeah, and, and I think it hap- I think it's. I don't know that Jamie necessarily said it, but it's almost hinted at is it, it, he is tough to get into because how, what do you do with kind of the all, the all powerful uh, character? I think some of the stuff when he's not on earth ends up being a little bit better or when he has kind of a moral crisis as opposed to, you know, having to actually fight people. Um, right. Well, and, and that's that's where I lose, where I disconnect with Superman is him being so powerful. It's tough to imagine things that he can't take on. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that's I think that's why we both like Red Sun so much is because that's you know when he's doing his Red Sun stuff, it's it, it is more of a um, kind of a, a crisis of consciousness like and like he's he's trying to do the right thing but is that you know um is that is that the right thing yeah yeah so i so i'm looking up i just knew real quick googled um some like you know top superman stories uh superman for all seasons that's like in the um the jeff Loeb, tim sale you know like spider-man blue Long Halloween, all those. It's it's in that vein, um, and I'd forgotten about that one. I have not read it, but I remember that one being pretty critically acclaimed. Uh, List Kingdom Come, which we talked about, which is I, I wouldn't call it necessarily a Superman story, but he's certainly front and center. Um, 
and uh, it's got the one I was talking about, which is called For the Man Who Has Everything. Um, that's a, that's from Alan Moore, not only Alan Moore, but Dave Gibbons, who are, that's obviously the combo from uh, Watchmen. Uh, and that's a great story. It's um, I don't want to spoil it, but it's yeah, I, I I won't even say anything. That's a really good story for the man who has everything. Yeah, uh, that's I'm looking at. I have read that one, but again, that's another one where, <laughs> yeah, not to give too much away. It's it's more of a kind of a like a yeah. I, it's hard not to give it away, but it's it's one of those things where it's not just fighting using his super strength. Right. There's his, a lot of there's yeah. a psychological aspect to it. That's yes. um. That's, that's the word good. I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely recommend that one. Again, that's a short one. Um, There's also there is that some of the ones where he fights um, Brainiac too. Like um, I don't remember when they redid it, but like when Brainiac like shrinks down. Um, what is it, Metropolis? Well, it, there's there's some of the ones with Brainiac that are better because it's it again it's more kind of thinking. Uh, but I can't remember which ones. There, any, I'd say anything with like with Brainiac it would be better because again, it's not necessarily how do I beat him by kind of punching. Yeah, and there's also some cool stuff with like the bottled city of Candor. That's the that's what I was thinking. Of. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that type of stuff I think would be good, and and they're going to be off the beaten path type Superman ones because as uh, for as being you know the first superhero really. He doesn't have a ton of iconic storylines. He really doesn't. Um, you know, he's got some iconic villains like like Lex Luthor and Brainiac and stuff, but but not a ton of storylines where you can point to and say like, you know, oh yeah, this, this, and this. It's it's a little harder to, and I think it is because he's a challenging character to to make compelling because of all of his powers. So, um, but I would definitely definitely seek out um, the. Uh, for the, whatever I've already lost. For the man who has everything. For the man who has everything. I keep keep wanting to call it something else, but that one I really like. I actually own that. I think in um, trade because I really like that one. Um, yeah. And that's uh, Alan Moore too, which yeah. I think Alan Moore does a good job with some of the the characters that seem physically unable to be kind of defeated. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He does a nice job with that. So, um, all right, Jamie. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully give you a little something there, and. Um, so then we got uh, our buddy Dan Roberts is asking. Uh, he asks if we've read Walt Simonson's Ragnarok comics, um, and he's he's curious what we think about them if we have read them. I have not. I wondered if maybe you went down the the Walt Simonson rabbit hole because we um, we had done some some of his Thor stuff and um, uh, I had no. You okay? So you you haven't read them either? No. Yeah, sorry, Dan. <laughs> All right, so hold on. Let me make some notes here. Yeah, it's um. So we'll we'll come back to that because I'll yeah because that that might be something I can you know let's see uh, Ragnarok. There we go. Yeah, and let's he see. he left a link for us on the Facebook page too. So I'll I'll check it out too, Dan, and I'll um and we'll get back to you once we read it. We'll uh yeah we'll give you some feedback on it. But um we do appreciate the the questions. Uh, from Dan and Jamie, and if you'd like to leave a question for the mailbag, you can do so on the Facebook page, Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. It's pretty easy to find. If you're not a Facebook person, you can email us. Uh, I can never remember what our email is, so I do this every time. I should put a post-it down here where I record. Right, hold on one second. I'll tell you. And uh, and, and have it there because I it, every single time I, I do this. So 
Did I just get a yeah, hold on. Sorry. My brain's full of making my notes about um the Ragnarok ones. The Ragnarok I still yeah. am, so I can't talk. <laughs> my uh, brain is so jam packed full of useless comic book knowledge that I can't think to remember things like email addresses and, and things like that. Uh so well we have a couple, but um <laughs> What's I the one that just... gets forwarded to us? That's 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 the one I need. Because I can't check something. I have to I think it's the one that's just uh oh, is it the full one? Why do I have so many of these? <laughs> Because I have one that's H M and S B at gmail dot com. Okay, is it H M A N D? Yeah. S B. Okay, we'll go with yeah. that. <laughs> Facebook's much easier if you use that, people. Yeah, Ian will, <laughs> and then Ian will tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, because I'll yeah I handle that stuff. So, yeah. so anyway, if you'd like to if you'd like to send us a question, please do. Um, so it that, looks like Ragnarok uh, by Walt Simonson. Volume one is available on Comixology. Nice. Okay. All right. I'll check that out too then. Last God standing. Yeah. Nice. All right. Thanks for that suggestion, Dan. Uh, other than that, I think we're I think we're at the end. Yeah. Uh, two years. Wow. Um, I know it's crazy, right? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that until you said it. I was like, oh, we must be near issue thirteen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, apparently we're we're a little bit further along than that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, congrats on reaching two years. I've had a I've had a really good time with this, and it's allowed us to. Obviously, we like to talk about comics, but it's also allowed us the opportunity, whether it's recommendations like like from Dan or or Andy picking something and read this that I haven't read, been able to read some really cool stuff that I maybe wouldn't have otherwise, and and hopefully that's the case for you listeners as well. Yeah. No. I definitely. Again, it's it's one of those things where I think between what comicsology allows me to do by exploring and then stuff we get from you guys in the mailbag and then um you know things that ian mentions you know it, it really has made it made it much much easier for me to kind of go out and find new things yeah awesome all right well we're gonna keep going so uh Thank you so much for, for listening and for being here for and whether you're a new listener or if you've been with us from the start, we appreciate it. And, and uh, uh, if you're able to go to the Freebooters uh, network on iTunes and leave a review and maybe mention us, that would be awesome. Say, hey, Freebooters network, I like Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. If That definitely helps as well and helps other people find us and find the podcast. So anything you can do to spread the word if you enjoy the show would be very much appreciated. Uh, other than that, I'll say thank you to Andy again, as I always do. Thank you, Andy. Oh, you're very welcome, sir. Thank and you. Thank you. And Happy New Year, everybody. I hope 2019 is great for you. And we will continue to give you comic book information, opinions, that type of stuff, all the stuff we do through the new year. And we will be back in about a month. Hopefully, should be. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Fingers <laughs> but, crossed. Uh, until then... It's a four-color world. We're just living in it. This has been Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, a part of the Freebooters Network. Please check out our Facebook page and head to the Freebooters Forum to engage with us about the current episodes or about things you'd like to hear us talk about. And please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Geek Nation. 